Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I'm your host, Dan Hoppin', and this episode is brought to you by my sponsor, Certified Piedmontese. I have a great offer for you, so stick around later in the episode. I want to get that to you. And we are going back into the world of coffee today. I am so excited because this is a place that I've really come to grow in love over the years, mostly thanks to my wife, who is absolutely obsessed with the honeybee latte. This is Abby McClay. She is the owner of Zen Coffee. Abby, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. So I just want to start off. I found, I think that this is so important to just establish the baseline here. I found a quote from you in an article uh, that you were a part of a few years ago. And you were just talking about coffee. And you said, I love it. I just drink it all day. It never stops. That is the type of quote I want to hear from a coffee shop owner. Like you can just hear the love and like passion dripping out of that quote. Where does your love for coffee come from? It started honestly really young. My parents loved coffee. It was kind of their thing whenever we traveled to try the little shops wherever we were. And kind of a dream that they had, they always talked about when we were kids and you know, obviously that didn't come to fruition, but mine did, you know, and it kind of passed on to their children. So, um, you know, and my best friend and I, we would always, we'd walk up to Crane Coffee, which was, you know, a few blocks from our home and we would get the latte granita and we started kind of with that. And then it kind of got into, let's try a latte. Let's try, you know, this. And here we are like middle school, high school drinking coffee. Um, I also had Village Grinder across the street from my high school. And so I was there studying almost every day after school. Um, it really just started with that. And then it just kind of kept going. I worked, you know, at Starbucks and then I worked at Scooters and I kind of moved up the ranks there. Um, and then I discovered specialty coffee and the SEA and it just kept going and learning, you know, getting all the training done out in Oregon. Um, and it just has never stopped since. Yeah, and we are we're gonna get into that. Sure. We're, we're gonna get into all the specialty coffees and everything. I'm very excited to to talk about your background and and how you got into this because yeah. just following it on Instagram was a lot of fun as I did my <laughs> research over the last couple of days. But I, first, I just want to provide a quick introduction to Zen, just in case someone is listening to this and and hasn't been to Zen or is like, whoa, what 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 is this place? Omaha has a lot of unique locally owned coffee shops. What what is like what is Zen's unique selling proposition? What do you think makes you guys stand out from everybody else? When I started, you know, I obviously started in the corporate side, you know, I I know the fast pace. I know, you know, that a lot of people in Omaha really like flavorful drinks. Um, but I also have a passion for, you know, the specialty side. And so what I wanted to do was kind of bring that together being able to welcome anyone through my door and say, okay, you want a macchiato? Yeah, I can hang. I can make that for you. I can do a cortado. Um, We can do pour overs and tell you all about this coffee. Or if you just want to come in with something loaded with caramel, whipped cream, all of that, no judgment, let's make it for you. Um, And, you know, our kind of saying is bringing the community together over a cup of coffee. It doesn't matter what kind of coffee. It doesn't matter what you're drinking. We just want you there together enjoying it. Um, going through your old Instagram posts last <laughs> night, I found one where you said there's always something new to be learned in coffee and it's never too late to start. I absolutely loved that quote. What makes you say that? And what types of things are you still learning even now a decade into the coffee business? Yeah. You know, when I started, it was, you know, just kind of like this addicting thing where everyone kind of loves trying all the different specials, all the fun drinks. Um, But there's such a, there's just this whole world behind that. There's, um, you know, when we first got into just Zen, we were able to meet um, farmers out in Guatemala and actually learning, you know, during that time when we were starting, there were um, some volcanoes and some different like things that totally destroyed their, you know, their crops, their farms, everything. And learning about, you know, where it started that was kind of where my passion went. Um, giving back, you know, the I talk a lot about corporate coffee, kind of the cost of coffee and how much they would pay for, you know, their crops that they purchase. Um, it's not as high quality, but then again, you could be supporting these small uh, farms like this one in Guatemala, our Francesbi, where we purchase all of our coffee from. 
um, you know, it's just a family-owned farm. And we're able to pay them just a little bit more to provide for their families, their communities. Um, whereas, you know, we could easily go to another company and purchase just kind of random, you know, whatever. And um, just kind of like, I don't know, it's just, it's going back to the family, the quality of coffee. And I think my direction will be more learning more about that, more about the sustainability, more about, you know, where we can put our money to actually better the coffee industry opposed to, you know, just kind of throwing it in, you know, wherever, wherever like mass produced coffee comes from. My biggest focus is going to be more on the sustainability of it. Um, as well as just kind of like the trends, you know, because that's that's constant. I love that you highlighted the small producer because something that I noticed in in my research, whether it was through social media posts that you did, mm-hmm. whether it's through other interviews that you've done, even uh, stuff on your website, the word that I kept seeing time and time again was consistency. Yes. Is that you guys are, I mean, everyone, it, like all, all coffee shops, restaurants, whatever it might be, mm-hmm recognize that consistency is very important, giving the customers something that they can expect every time. But you guys really hammer that point home. You want every time somebody walks into your shop and orders a coffee, there should never be that disappointment cup. Absolutely. And that's something that you get from working with those smaller farms or the roastery Dapper and Wise, which we'll get to more later. What created like that hyper focus for you on consistency because like I mentioned like everyone wants to offer that but not everyone I feel like put so much effort into it like you guys do yeah um you know it started actually with our history it's funny we were talking about this with our baristas last night who many of us come from more corporate backgrounds of coffee you know a lot of machines for example you know they're just automatic for us we actually have to dial all of that in so it comes down to literally making sure every single shot is the same, whether it's by weight or by, you know, the grind or, you know, the machine and how it's working, especially during rushes, which is probably the hardest thing for us because our rushes, especially with flights, gets pretty crazy. Um, So it's making sure that you're doing that at the same time. So really these baristas, they're, it's a lot, it's a lot to ask and it really is very detailed because you have to make sure that you're giving that same drink every time they come in, you know, and that's the thing is we want those customers to come back again and again and expect and know and be confident that they're going to have the same drink every time. Um, It does definitely take some time to learn, you know, especially coming from um, someone who has worked with an automatic machine. Um, It definitely, you know, we have to kind of nail that in a little bit and go through a lot of our training process just to make sure that it's accurate every time. Um, But that's also something we do. We offer quite a bit of training and we try to give them all, you know, SCA quality um, of training so that they can take that wherever they go. Um, Yeah, I think that's, that's it on that. That is a great (laughs) answer. Um, You mentioned that, you know, if somebody comes into Zen, they, they can get many different kinds of coffee. They can get, you know, just a plain coffee and they'll enjoy it. But you guys also do a really cool job of creating new flavors all the time. You release a new menu every season that has five or six kind of specialty drinks that go along with it. And just going back through some old posts, like just to offer some examples, you guys have done butterbeer, you've done a Belgian waffle latte, a cinnamon toast crunch latte, pumpkin s'mores latte, like... It's just endless yep. how many different things you guys have done. How, how do you come up with new flavors like that? It's not just me. It, you know, a lot of it, I'm very active on social media, which you know, um, asking my customers, what do you want to try? My staff, they love playing around with this. And, you know, we have an endless option of flavors. It's what can we do next? Our thing is we've been doing this for a while, and there's quite a few shops in the area. We don't want to have to have the same seasonal menu every time and that's hard um you know it's it's hard because you get a lot of heat if you happen to have something similar and so we try to get very unique with it um sometimes it totally bombs you know there's some things where I'm like everyone's gonna love this and it's just not but at the same time we're also offering flights so we kind of have to have 
something unique for those as we keep going on with that. That's something everyone looks forward to. Mm -hmm. So I think your last two responses tied together a little bit in an interesting way, because as you were talking about, you know, just the, the extra training and the extra steps that go into creating that consistent cup of coffee, I was thinking to myself, that would be hard to teach to staff, especially, you know, not everyone is going to care as much as you do as the owner, as employees. Like, how do you secure that buy-in? I think your last answer is part of it. If you're empowering them and saying, hey, I want to take your ideas, tell me what you think about specialty drink, and you're putting those on the menu, like, that helps create that buy-in that makes them care more about the business, care more about their jobs, right? Yep. So I feel uh, that a lot of our staff, you know, they, they come to us because they have a passion for coffee in some way. So you already kind of have that shared bond, you know, but I also am aware that maybe these people aren't going to care to get certified, let's say, or continue on in that, you know, that world of coffee but you know I know that at the same time that they have these passions and that they can utilize some of those assets and I just like to find that about people and I like to be able to say okay you know for example um, someone who's into baking we actually found our baker because I kind of figured out some of the things when she was making drinks how she was so narrowing in on just these few details I'm like you would be really good at baking would you, you know, be interested in kind of going into that? And then I found out, oh, yeah, I love baking at home. It was kind of that, you know, I like to find those things about our our staff and just kind of let them grow in that, you know, let them find something that they can use, and maybe that will be something they take with them to their next job. And, you know, I found that having that type of relationship with your staff, I mean, not only are you bonding over all of that, but it really just creates such a great work environment. They want to learn those things. They want to be a part of it, and they really are interested in hearing what you have to say, even when you're rambling off about all of these coffee facts nonstop, you know, and it's something we do, and it's kind of something we joke about, but, you know, they really do get into it because they just kind of feel that passion. They love to be a part of it and be able to kind of create that with us. Mm -hmm. Now, the name Zen Coffee, that kind of invokes like a calm just feeling like the 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 name makes you think of just like oh i'm just gonna relax have a cup of coffee and everything and coughing it coffee can be a very relaxing thing for people but a huge draw of a coffee shop is the design of its space and how it makes people feel even before they take that first sip what did you do to design and create these cozy calm interiors in your two shops and how do you think the physical space themselves influences your customers yeah so we kind of have an interesting dynamic because my husband he comes from a construction background and so he was easily able to kind of take my chaotic mind and it's definitely very like he's kind of that calm to the chaos because my mind is all of this like let's do this design let's do this I love this you know we use a lot of Pinterest of course in different shops that we visited found what we like found the layouts that we can work with and then he draws it up on SketchUp and he's like okay this is what we've got to work with and then we're also green business so we actually utilize a lot of the local you know restore or, you know, reused. Some of our tables, they come from former restaurants, and we kind of repurpose them in some way. Some of our tables have come from actual jobs that he has done, or like had found on job sites. He's like, this would be perfect to use here. And so we like to repurpose in that way. And it keeps it very unique. Each shop is different, you know, as far as the style and the design. But um, what we want to do is really just make kind of it all come together you know you see that moss wall it's very serene and then the tile and you know and you don't think about those details in it exactly but you know the way that that is set the background the colors all of that um and then we pull it together with local artists so that's kind of our draw where we're like okay let's reach out to some artists that maybe aren't as present in the you know community and bring them in. And so that's also, it's ever-changing. So it's always something new that you're kind of getting to look at and see, purchase if you want. Um, we kind of try to keep it interchangeable if we can. Mm-hmm. You brought up your husband, Ryan. Yes. This guy, <laughs> I have not met him, but he is just, he is a jack-of-all-trades, to, to put it in the least. Like, mm-hmm. not only 
does he design the physical spaces, but if I have this right, he leads your barista training programs, manages your technical and mechanical operations, and oversees the baking production department, whatever you might want to say. Just did his skills just like naturally fit into all these? Because these are like really important parts yeah. of the business. Or was it just kind of luck that he just like fits so naturally into all these spaces? Or did he like develop these skills as you needed them? Like just kind of how does both. that partnership work between yeah, you two? A little bit of both. So it actually kind of happened by fluke. So when we opened, we also found out that our third child was on the way right after signing. So it was kind of like, okay, let's figure out how we can make this work. You know, he was building, but at the same time, he was kind of exploring, you know, what we could do. We were really enjoying the small business world and kind of running that on our own. It was really kind of, we were taking off in that way, but we were also learning at the same time, you know, we were going through these trainings and we were learning that we can kind of do these with our staff and they really enjoy it. He is definitely better with words and being in front of people. Um, he was a local musician for a really long time. And so he's very good on a stage. And so being able to do those trainings, I mean, it just flows so perfectly, whereas I can do it. <laughs> but it's definitely a little bit more, you know, scattered, I would say. Um, baking, it was also, we were, um, that started actually at the start of the pandemic. We had never really intended on it. We were kind of thinking about it. Um, it was Definitely a skill that we had, but it was more like, you know, it, we never really thought about it. And then it actually ended up taking off. People really enjoyed the food, and we were like, okay, let's build this. We opened up Zen West um, with our first kitchen and having that ability, and it was just like took off from there. So now, you know, he's going to be leading right now three bakers and just kind of getting them ready to kind of take off. So we have kind of our main things and then, you know, letting them kind of, same thing with our baristas, kind of explore their passions a little bit. Um, But yeah, so he has really just kind of fit all of those little molds and, you know, it's, it's cool. He is going to be stepping out of the baking a little bit. He'll still oversee it, but kind of helping me more in the just admin part, which is probably the hardest thing of all. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's interesting how it's just kind of gotten to this point. You know, I think a lot of times it's make it or break it. But a lot of the other times it's just like, you know, hey, I'm actually kind of good at this. Let's, you know, and definitely, though, he's he's the heart of the business. More so, I would say, actually, the brains of the business (laughs) because, yeah, he's really good at it all. Well, a few minutes ago, I think you referred to him as the organized mind to my chaos. Yes. But so obviously you're complimenting him a lot. And yes, he brings a lot to the business, but it's important to have you and your ideas as well. Like the the organizer can't do, can't come up with all the ideas on their own. Like Mm -hmm. there's a a compliment, there's a balance there. Like how, how does that partnership work? How do you guys balance each other? It's something we definitely did not realize, you know, until going into business. You know, I don't think we ever thought we would have this kind of dynamic and that it would work so well. But really, I don't think I could do it without him and vice versa. Um, it really is, you know, a good balance. You know, not only does he understand kind of those thoughts I have even before saying them, but, you know, the same goes. I think learning just, you know, we both came from corporate worlds and then going into small business and having to do this on your own let alone during all of the things that have been happening in the past few years, we've really had to just figure it out. One of our main goals, though, has been doing this on our own. You know, we don't, we want it to be very organic. We want it to be very us. And everything that you see is literally kind of our hearts on the table for everyone. You know, they they get to see that. Um, it's definitely a learning process, especially we have four kids. And so <laughs> our lives are crazy. We also have three Great Danes. So it's like we have a lot, you know, and it's constant. But at the same time, it's something that we just, we enjoy. We enjoy being able to kind of build and grow off of these ideas. Now that we have, you know, established baristas and established management teams, and, you know, we're kind of starting to do that with the baking, you know, we can kind of take off from there a little bit. And that's been kind of fun. It's just okay, we nailed this down, what can we do next, you know, and having that kind of opportunity to just be able to 
kind of go with the flow. I don't want to say it like that, but it's been fun. It's kind of like something we've just bonded over really well. That's fantastic. Yeah. I think we've we've almost reached a really good point to where I want to get into the backstory and how Zen came to be. But before we get there, I got to remind you one more time about certified Piedmontese. I love when restaurant menus list all the different producers and farms where their meats, cheeses, and vegetables arrive from. It gives me confidence that I'm eating a quality product because the restaurant is proud to attach its name to the brand. The same goes for beef, and that's one of the main reasons why I love certified Piedmontese. Certified Piedmontese is farm-to-fork traceable as it purchases its cattle from a trusted network of family ranches in the Midwest. All certified Piedmontese beef is raised without hormones, steroids, or antibiotics, and it's 100% source verified by Where Food Comes From Incorporated. And when you buy certified Piedmontese, you know where your food is coming from and why it tastes so good. Place your order today on Piedmontese.com with my promo code HOPPEN, H-O-P-P-E-N, and feast on delicious, safe cuts of beef with confidence. And now, back to my guest. I have to ask you about one thing, and I know that you know that it's coming because this is the most popular thing you get asked about, I'm sure, and that's the coffee flights. Yep. They absolutely exploded uh, earlier this year. Um, I think it it was really in other parts of the country where they started taking off. I think you saw that and wanted to capitalize on that trend. Can you just kind of tell me that story about how the coffee flights came to be and where this just like eruption of response came from yeah so it's funny because I had tried to do something similar over the like right before this fad really started and it was just these little old ladies that were there and they wanted to try the different chais we had and I'm like okay how could I do this how could I set this up maybe a week later I had a friend who was in Arizona and she sends me a picture and she's like it's a flight of this from this coffee shop in Arizona and she's like you have to do this so I had actually, I'm like, absolutely, yes, we're doing it. I'm not, I'm keeping my mouth shut. I'm not telling anyone. And I have these flights ordered, ready to go, you know, and we're kind of waiting on that pending. And all of a sudden, Omaha Food Lovers just goes off. And it was like, everyone, have you seen this? It's the same coffee shop that started it. And, you know, everyone's tagging me, tagging me. And I'm like, I can't tell anyone we got this coming, but... Basically, I rolled it out, though, probably about a week sooner than planned. I wish at that time that I would have properly prepared because it was insane. It was, I mean, I I don't even know how to describe the insanity of that, like, first morning where, I mean, we had lines all the way around the building. We had also had, like, a little pop-up that morning, and so we weren't really, like, planning on that big, just, like, explosion, but, I mean, it Omaha Food Lovers really just kind of did it for us, you know, and it, it's so cool just how that, how that traveled. I mean, there were people coming from across the United States oh coming to check us out and we're like wanting to see these flights. And I mean, it's so intimidating, but at the same time, it was really cool just kind of figuring out how to make that process go. And now it's like, okay, how do we work everything around that now? Because it's just such a big part of our business. We can't really take it away. You know, at that time I was like, oh, this will just be a special. It's like, no, this is now forever menu item. Um, it was really cool though. It was really cool to just be a part of and have something that trending. Um, but yeah, it all started just from this one random shop in Arizona, you know, and someone visiting there and just it's like, yes, we have to do it. And now it's everything plans around that. For those that are unaware, Zen's coffee flights, they allow you to get four different um, smaller cups of of different coffees, lattes, even, even lemonades, whatever you might want. I think there's like 30 different options that you can choose from or, or something along those lines. So you get to try a smaller portion of a bunch of different things, but that allows you greater exposure to the menu. So next time you come in, you say, oh, I tried the Belgian waffle latte in a small version. I really, really liked it. Now I'm going to get it like for real before I go into work on yes. Tuesday or whatever it might be. Um, you mentioned just the madness of that, of that first day and having the lines out the door. I can only like picture in my mind, like the scene behind the scenes where people are just running around and baristas are trying to figure out, okay, like how, how do we get all this down? How do we keep everything organized? What drink is going to what table, all this, how from those first couple days when the 
response just blows you away and you're like, okay, th- this is like something even more than we expected. How did you kind of refine the, the flight creation process? So things are a little bit more streamlined and it wasn't so, I don't know if chaotic's the right word because I might be putting words in your mouth and I don't want to do that. But so it was just smoother just in case yeah. another one of those barrages came. So instantly the first thing we did was, you know, so everything's in a station already. Um, We basically amped that up so that we had at least six people on it once, you know, whether it's taking the orders um, or, you know, prepping them. But we also had to do reservations. And that's something that will probably stay just because at this point it's still busy enough that we don't want to turn people away. Um, We obviously determined how many seats we have and we only offer as many flights per seat, you know, because even at our fullest, we never want to promise something to someone that we can't give them. And I think that's been probably the biggest challenge is just, you know, being able to serve everyone who wants to see it. And I think the reservations definitely kind of keeps that organized for us, but at the same time, doesn't overwhelm my staff. And that's kind of the balance that we have had to find. Definitely during the first few weeks, I mean, I was fortunate that most of my staff they were veterans, you know, they've been doing this. So they knew the process behind it. It was just more like, how do we, you know, who does what, where do we put this? Um, and I think now that we've gotten to, I guess, this point, it's, we're able to be able to offer it, you know, to people during the weekdays, for example. So we definitely require reservations on the weekend still, because that's just insane. But, you know, we're like, hey, if you can't make it, if you can't, you know, commit to a reservation date, come during the weekday, come during our happy hour, come during those times. And, you know, it is definitely kept it spaced out enough that we're able to kind of keep our heads, you know, and I think that was the hardest thing was just figuring out where to be, what to do. And that was kind of the same thing with toast flights, which we rolled out, you know, it's the same process. And when that took off, it was like, okay, you know, who does this part, who puts the toast in, who, you know, dresses it kind of same thing. Um, But now it's kind of fun. I mean, if you're in there watching it, especially from afar, all the people just kind of like working. It kind of reminds me of like elves and like Santa's little, you know, workshop, kind of getting it all done and prepped together and just like this beautiful display. Um, Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Okay, so we've hit on we've hit on the coffee (laughs) flights. We've checked that box and, and we can talk more about it later potentially. But I think this is a good opportunity to get kind of into the backstory of Zen. And you brought up earlier that you, you had a career in the corporate coffee industry working for Starbucks, working for Scooters, and, you know, we don't, we don't need to say anything sure. bad about those places. Those are, you know, great, great companies and everything. But I get the sense that they weren't really scratching your coffee itch fully. And I think we need to go back to Insomnia Coffee Company, which is a coffee house in Cannon Beach, Oregon. Tell me about that place because I, I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but just from looking into your history, that's kind of where your love for specialty coffee began, right? Yes, yes. so Cannon Beach is very special. Um, it's not only where we got married, but it's also we named our son after, so we have a son named Cannon. Oh, wow. Um, so it is very endearing to us. Um, we just happened to go out there. We were actually out there. Um, a former place that I worked was did not make it out in that state. And so we were actually kind of there to see a transition, um, which is how we discovered insomnia. We happened to be staying right across the street from it, um, this cute little cozy shop. And I literally, it was just this obsession. You know, I had been working for corporate coffee, but I just could not get this small shop off my mind. I was like, I have to some way be a part of it. It was just, you know, the cozy corners, the very unique um, countertops. You know, they make all of their counters out of whatever they can find, kind of the same thing that we do. Everything's restored. Everything's recycled. And so, you know, we, and then the coffee, of course, the coffee that I brought home. I brought home bags, literally had an extra luggage just to bring home coffee. And, you know, we were sitting in, having breakfast here in Omaha, and I was kind of just thinking about my position. At that point, I was a regional manager and overseeing quite a few stores, And I was just like, I want that, you know, I want that vibe. I want to be able to work with my community. I want to be able to, you know, have that atmosphere, that type of coffee. I want to learn about that. And I actually reached out to them and I was like, hey, 
I'm from Omaha, Nebraska. And, you know, I know that you're in this coffee world, but, you know, because that the Pacific Northwest is very coffee oriented. Um, they're definitely ahead of kind of the Midwest in that. And I was very intimidated by that. But I was just like, hey, will you franchise? And, you know, it took a couple of weeks and I'm like, OK, you know, it's not going to happen. And then I heard back from their owner, Tyler, and he was like just so ecstatic. And he's like, I I'm not going to franchise Insomnia to you because I have no idea how to do that. But he's like, we actually just started Dapper and Wise. Do you want to be a part of this? And so Dapper and Wise is their roastery. So they originally kind of same story was they were using a different roaster. They transitioned into kind of doing it on their own through their connections. And, you know, they're like, we just started this. Do you want to hop on, you know, create your own brand, work with us? And, you know, that led into all of the training that we went into, which, um, you know, it, it was a lot of just like learn about the coffee, learn about the origins, learn about the people, meet Chespi from Guatemala. Um, a few, you know, we have Christy, who is our importer. You know, it's all of these connections that we were able to find just from this one little small beach town. Um, and so everything, when we were just kind of taking off, it was like, you know, you asked about the setting earlier. It was, let's make it. Cannon Beach, the colors, everything. So downtown especially is kind of that color scheme of, you know, where we really fell in love with that specialty world. And, yeah, it's been – it's really cool. We go back every year. Well, we haven't been back, obviously, for a little bit, but we plan on going back um, in the summer, do some training, kind of revisit, you know, home, kind of get our ideas back together, you know, and that's kind of where we go. That's where we go when we need to kind of plan and mm-hmm. kind of, you know, recoup. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you mentioned Cannon Beach is a very special mm-hmm. place to you guys for a number of reasons. But I would assume that as someone who loves coffee like you do, you've mm-hmm. probably been to, I don't even know, hundreds yes. of coffee, like small specialty coffee yep. shops throughout your life. But this one, this Insomnia Coffee Company is like, this is the one that you... That that really sparked that passion where mm-hmm. it was like, okay, I'm dreaming of doing my own specialty coffee shop, but this was the one that got you to actually jump in and do it. Mm-hmm. What specifically is it about that place that somehow amongst all the places that you've been to made that stand out and s- create that spark in you? I mean, I would definitely say Cannon Beach is just magical. And if you've ever been there, and if you have not, I definitely recommend. But if you've ever been there, it's just something about this little town it's like everyone is so happy and they're excited that you're there they're so welcoming and I walked in and these baristas wanted to know everything about me you know but they're also doing it like so quick that they're like let's get you through but let's make you feel like you're at home and it's just something about their passions you know obviously I did my own research and I knew that we had a lot in common but then just finding out the way they build, the way that they design, the way that they intend to do all of this kind of in their own, you know, it's always going to fit that mission of, you know, everything as a whole, whoever they work with, it's always going to fit that mission of community. Um, It just, it really struck out for me, you know, I came also from a nonprofit background. It was always, let's give back, let's focus on the community. How can we help the people? It was something that they focused on so much, and I could see it, you know, on their bulletin boards. I could see their boards about their baristas and all of their little interests and qualities about them. Um, it's just something about this really stuck out to me. Um, another thing that's kind of silly, but their big logo that they had at that time was a Volkswagen bus. Um, growing up, my dad owned a Volkswagen business, and so we had a lot of buses, and it was just something about that. I was like, it was kind of like that symbol of it. I was like that's it, you know, that, you know, kind of leading back into my parents being into coffee as a kid, you know, it just kind of all came together in that moment, I think. So as you're starting to put together Zen as a business and you're getting ready to open your original location, which was at 25th and Farm, you guys opened it uh, in 2017, Mm -hmm. how big of a help was it to have this coffee shop, not only to kind of pattern Zen after and take a lot of their strong attributes and use them in your own way to design Zen, Mm -hmm. but also to kind of have a mentor and someone who could 
show you the ways how to find these tiny little farms in Guatemala, things like that. How, how much did it help to to have insomnia kind of, I don't know if working alongside you is the right word, but kind of showing you the ropes as you got Zen up yeah. and running? It was really cool to have them as our mentors. Um, you know, I didn't realize it at the time, you know, especially because I was so used to having just kind of business relationships. You know, that was kind of my role previously. Um, they helped me to really discover that I can do whatever I want with this. It doesn't have to be, you know, this cookie cutter, like let's follow all of these, you know, methods and um, ways of creating drinks, for example. Um, we could have our own menu. We can do this. Um, it was really nice to just have someone not only, and I don't want to say that, you know, because they're not local. They are, you know, in a different state. But it was nice to have someone I could talk to and actually share all of, you know, the details, whether it's, you know, hey, this shop is here and, you know, I want to make sure I'm not, like, copying them, you know. Um, right. It was nice to have someone, you know, on the outside that didn't know everything about, you know, what goes on in Omaha and kind of was able to introduce me and keep me focused on what I'm trying to bring here. Um, you know, my thing was, you know, at that point, especially when we started, there were very few shops that offered the coffee that we offer. And we do actually share quite a few importers with a few of the other shops in Omaha. And so, you know, we knew that our quality was up there. But at the same time, we were like, how do we introduce Omaha to that? And that was something that they were very experienced in because they had been doing this all, all along. And at that point, they had, I think, three stores already. And so they were able to kind of guide me into, okay, let's share about this, you know. And it's funny because now looking back at it, I help them a lot, you know, with some of their, like, social media and stuff that they do. Um, and it, it's nice that we can kind of, like, figure that out even though we're not together all the time. We can kind of like work together in that way. We also had um, someone who would come pretty often. Her name was Aubrey, which she's not there anymore. But she and I, I think, really bonded. You know, she was close to my age. She was really into coffee. She's the person who trained me on everything that I know. And having just that kind of connection with someone who can introduce me to anyone in the coffee realm Um it's really cool just to be able to, you know, say, I want to try this new thing. We're doing this new coffee or I want to bring something from a different country. Can you introduce me to these people? It's really cool having that connection because a lot of people in Omaha really don't have that ability. Um, yeah, it kind of sets us apart a little bit in that way. And that was really cool just to kind of stand out, you know, and that I think was kind of the asset we needed for that. Mm -hmm. So back in 2017, like I mentioned that's when you first opened uh, the first location of Zen. This is a dream that you'd had for quite some time. Mm -hmm. um, you'd spent a lot of time working with Insomnia, getting ramped up, meeting these producers, doing all this stuff. Take me back to right before you open, whether that's the night before, whether that's like, hey, we're setting up for the final time, we're getting ready to unlock the door for the first time, wherever you want to go. What was that feeling like for you as you prepared to finally unleash this dream that you've had for so long to the world? It was very intimidating. You know, I was sitting in there up until probably midnight with one of my best friends, and we were stamping cups, you know, and we were just making sure everything was ready. Um, you know, I was very, you know, I was very worried, of course. I was like, okay, you know, at those moments, I'm like, do I back out right now? Like, do I, we're going for it. Um, you know, I, I think it was in those moments that I realized, you know, like, this is it. You know, there's a, a lot of people I had been pitching this to and telling about our shop, you know, and, hey, it's coming, you know, it was kind of my time to really prove myself also, you know, it was like, I'm doing this and I'm doing it on my own. And, you know, I was really kind of stepping into that world where I, I kind of had to own it, you know, and it, it was scary. Um, you know, those first moments of being open, though, it was like my family and my friends and, you know, them everyone coming in and it was like, wow, you know, like we have customers, like we're actually full right now. And at that point, we were just, um, our space was half the size. So we ended up expanding, you know, later on. But, you know, having a full shop, I mean, it was kind of like, all right, you know, that was kind of like, 
something I needed, I think, to solidify. Validation. Yes. Here we go. Like, you know, and I think I kind of just took off ever since, you know, it, it was, you know, for me, I'm, I can present very well as someone who's very outgoing, but I'm actually not. And so, you know, it's, it was kind of like that moment where I had to, you know, be the voice. I had to, you know, stand out in front of everyone and be like, okay, here we go. Let's go, you know, let's try my coffee. And I mean, I was all over social media, you know, and we, at that time, I think Snapchat was still kind of a thing. And so like we had the Snapchat filter and like, I was like, come out, try this, you know, it's cool though, because I came from, you know, like at least in my high school years, all like everyone we hung out with, it was all of these different like high schools. We kind of all hung out together. You know, it was cool because I knew people from all these different parts that I could reach and it, they all kind of like just came together in that time, you know, and I think Zen's um, vibe has kind of matched that. You know, we always have people from all different walks of life kind of coming in. You know, it was kind of like my history kind of brought that all together, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was definitely super intimidating and worrisome and I was panicking like crazy, but it's just kept going from there. So at, at what point did the nerves start to calm down? I know you said that the shop was full that mm-hmm. first day and I'm, I'm sure that that felt great. Yeah. But as you open the second day, I'm sure there are those thoughts mm-hmm. that, okay, is it going to be the same yeah. today? Was that just a first day surge? And you think the same thing after the first week. When do those thoughts start to dissipate a little bit and you're just like, you know what? No, people like this. Like I'm, I'm confident. I don't have to worry, you know, that, that the buzz is going to die down. The buzz is here to stay. You know, I would like to say that it, it goes away, but it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. Um, you know, I'm I'm constantly worrying, especially, you know, going through the pandemic, for example, and opening a second location through that. But, you know, it was a lot of growth. It was a lot of learning about how to work social media, how to work advertising, um, how to reach the right people. So a lot of what I did was literally walk to different locations, say, hey, I opened up this shop. Here's a coupon. Come check us out. Um meeting a lot of people. It was a lot of interactions and kind of taking myself out of that comfort zone um, and just learning about, you know, who I can bring and who, let's say, like Creighton's right there, but there's also Mutual of Omaha. There's First National Bank. You know, you can see it right there. How do you bring those people in? Um, We do have a lot of students, especially downtown. So Creighton was kind of our, you know, who we went for. And it was nice because a lot of our baristas came from Creighton and they still do um so we kind of got our foot in the door that way just to you know get on some of their um podcasts I I, some of my like first months there I did um like a TED Talks type of thing which at that point was so nerve-wracking but it was then all these students coming in like hey I listened to you speak and you're like you did (laughs) like you actually you know you know listen to you know and it's really cool you kind of bond over that I think um you know, students really set that off. It's also nice that we had a parking lot right there. It's something downtown doesn't have normally in a lot of their locations. And so, you know, we used what we could to kind of attract, you know, people. And then it was word of mouth. It's coming back to consistency, you know, making sure that everything is always, you know, exactly how they expect it and always being interactive with the customers and responding reviews, whether good or bad and trying to be better all the time. Um, I think that's kind of why people keep coming back is because they know, you know, and they can trust us in that way. Mm-hmm. So you get established, you get a couple of years in business, you know, I would imagine start feeling pretty secure and then COVID hits. Yeah. And the, the national media has focused a lot on, well, not just national, but local as well, mm-hmm. has focused a lot on how the pandemic has affected restaurants mm-hmm. and what it's done to restaurants. This, this show has had a lot of restaurant owners, a lot of chefs on. We've talked about how COVID really hurt restaurants and and the different aspects that the pandemic touched that diners don't even think about. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen much reporting or much news or anything about how COVID affected coffee shops. So I would just love to just kind of, whatever direction you want to take that, like just how did COVID affect your business? Yeah, you know, it's funny because Ryan actually, he follows the news like, Every night, you know, he's on all of the channels, BBC, everything. You know, he anticipated this coming before I even anticipated it coming. I was like, no, 
we're not shutting down. There's no way that anyone is going to shut down. And he's like, no, we have to prepare. You know, so even with the weeks coming up to it, we were setting up the curbside ordering. We're like, how can we do this? How can we do delivery? Is that possible? And mind you, at this time, I was, I think, six months pregnant with our fourth son and being told, do not go near anyone. We don't know how you're going to react. And so I'm kind of like, you know, in this moment, panicking, like, how are we going to, how are we going to work? Um, you know, I think those first days when all of a sudden, you know, our hopping shop is just empty, you know, it was, it was a very just hollow feeling, you know, you're like, wow, you know, I've, I don't remember the last time my business felt this way, you know, and just that start, um, you know, but we really pushed that curbside. We were like, how can we do this? At the same time, we were also delivering coffee boxes to hospitals and getting out there, you know, into the community as much as we could. Um, you know, it was really nice to see people lining up for their curbside orders. And, you know, we were able to kind of take off with that where we were doing, I think during that time, we did like flowers for Mother's Day, you know, people were really supporting however they could. And, you know, it, it gave us that hope that we needed you know, those first few months were definitely just hard to get through. You know, it was like we had one person on, you know, every day, just kind of like mosey on through, you know, we had to keep the doors locked and, you know, people couldn't come in without masks because before then it was like, do not interact at all. You know, we weren't sure how that was going to be. Um, yeah, you know, but at the same time, it's everyone needs coffee and everyone kept coming for coffee, you know, and we definitely kind of just did what we could to be able to offer that however we could, you know. Um, delivery services definitely took off during that year as well, so we were able to kind of jump in on that and be able to offer that. I think the best thing for us was finding that second spot because every one of our customers who worked downtown lived out west. And so it was like none of them were coming down. Now, I think that was the hardest is like these groups that we would see every single day, just like, how you doing? Where have you been? You know, um, and there was a lot of them. There were a lot of people we were really worried about, too, just because, you know, they were older, you know, maybe more susceptible. Um, but, you know, coffee shops, I think, as a whole came through, you know, everyone wants coffee. Everyone wants to support local coffee. And I honestly think, especially in Omaha, it grew that local coffee, um, just that network, I think, because everyone wanted to support. You know, we've really, all of them, all of the shops in Omaha have taken off during this time. And, you know, I love that. I love seeing that because it's, you know, not only our community, but they're giving back to into our, directly into our community. Um, but, yeah, you know, I think we kind of, you know, we kind of skated through, but we definitely, I think coffee was just a necessity. It was one of those, like, we, cut, we can't technically say it was a need, but it was definitely something that everyone kept coming for, you know, and I feel like we had that advantage opposed to restaurants for that reason. It's just, you know, it was something easy that you could do and definitely something we could easily kind of work with. Well, I think coffee is just something that was, it's, it's comforting mm -hmm. because it's a part of your, for a lot of people, it's a part of their daily routine yep. that they're going to get a coffee at some point during the day. And in a time where, so much of people's lives was unfamiliar mm -hmm. and flipped upside down. And they didn't know what was going to happen in the coming days, the coming weeks, the coming hours. They could still say, hey, I can still get my macchiato, yeah. my, my honeybee latte, whatever it is. That's the one part of my day that I know is going to yeah. be there tomorrow. So I think that there's definitely something to being able to offer that comfort that coffee shops kind of helped people with yeah now I believe you said earlier it was during this time that you guys developed your in-house baking program yes. which you guys put out some great stuff um muffins pop tarts scones mm -hmm. I can say from personal experience the bacon cheddar scone is so excellent <laughs> I love a good savory scone yeah. and that was very very good where did that idea to start doing your own baking and offering baked goods come from Honestly, you know, when we were looking at our numbers, our biggest numbers that, you know, we were actually putting out was for the food. And as unfortunate as it is that we kind of had to cut ties with who we were working with, um, at the same time, it was kind of this new opportunity where, you know, we could actually 
that would be income opposed to, you know, just kind of outsourcing. Um, I think, you know, it, there were definitely some solid things that we sold, such as scones, um, Pop-Tarts. Those were some things that were like our highest seller still to this day. Blueberry scones are up there. I think it's our number three in top sales. So cheddar bacon is next. Um, but, you know, it was figuring out, and it's funny because we actually, you know, now that Time Hop is showing us all of our old, like, you know, this time last year, all of our old recipes and things that we were putting together and seeing how it's evolved. I mean, we literally, like this was, let's start it from scratch. Let's just test it out. You know, we definitely used our baker's kind of um, input a little bit, you know, and found out kind of what we could do and then how we could set it apart because obviously we had to do something different. We can't, you know, sell the same thing that every coffee shop in Omaha is selling. So it's like, how do we make this a little bit different? So, you know, for us, you know, scones typically are a little bit harder. As you probably know, ours are quite a bit softer. We kind of try to play with what we have, what we're able to use um, more into that sustainable mind of it where, okay, we're using these items for toast, let's say, you know, let's make sure that we're getting this into a scone this week. Um, developing all of that has been, it's very challenging. Um, it's totally different from coffee. And so that was just something, you know, we both come from like big Italian families. We can cook like no other, but baking was a little bit more, you know, it was very scientific. And so that's where Ryan's mind definitely comes in is he is always thinking about how, you know, how can we do this and make it easier and better? And, you know, just watching that evolution of that has been, it's its so funny. I mean, I I'm, look at these, like, old photos of scones, and they're, like, falling apart, you know. And now it's just, like, you know, how we've gotten here and, you know, the glaze and all of, the, like, the perfecting. It's just been, it's been awesome. And honestly, just such a good turnaround for us because we're able to totally grow this new baking program, I think, at the start of 2020, when we looked at this, we're like, okay, how can we save a few bucks, basically, you know, but at the same time, like, I don't think either of us knew that it would become what it has. I think we thought maybe that was temporary. And now it's like, everyone really loves this, you know, they taste really good, people really enjoy our food, how can we make it better? And so it's, it's kind of fun. We've definitely learned a lot. We've done a few classes here and there, you know, a little learning online tutorials and stuff, you know, but it's definitely evolved in our own skills with that as well. And just things that we're a little bit more confident in as far as baking. So we'll see where it goes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, a few minutes ago, you mentioned that I think another outcome of the pandemic might've been the West location and that you realized a lot of your customers who work downtown obviously weren't going into work during the pandemic. They yep. were working remotely or, or whatever the case may be. So you were, you were missing them because they lived in West Omaha. Was that kind of the impetus between looking for a second location out West and then eventually opening that second location near 132nd and center? Yes. So, you know, we it had always been in talks. And I think initially had 2020 gone as planned, that would have probably been in the books but would it be there who knows you know um we had been kind of nonchalantly looking and at that time we weren't sure if we were going to stay downtown or if we were going to ultimately move you know obviously that's our home base and we love everyone there but at the time no one was there and you know that was kind of this harsh reality we were facing at that moment um we ended up coming across this location which was formerly whisk and measure she had posted that she was selling and I was getting tagged nonstop. Hey, do you want the, you know, this oven and, you know, the sinks and, you know, they were selling everything they could. And at that time we were looking for ovens, you know, because we were just kind of starting from scratch and we were like, wait, maybe, you know, this is available. It already has a kitchen in there. It's kind of easy turnkey. We won't have to do much. You know, we have an advantage obviously with Ryan's construction background where we can do a lot more than, you know, having to hire out. So it was something easy for us to just kind of jump into and do ourselves. Now, definitely, you know, it was a lot of work. It was, you know, Ryan and I there every single day kind of prepping for this and doing it. And, I mean, we literally did build it all on our own. But 
at the same time, you know, seeing people like, oh my gosh, I heard you were coming. I heard that you were opening. And once those signs went up and people were at Aldi across the street and they're like, you didn't tell us. Oh my gosh. Like, I can't believe you're coming out West. I've missed you so much. I mean, it was really just like kind of humbling because you knew, you know, obviously the pandemic was happening. There was nothing we could do about what was happening at the time, but we were able to kind of reach out to those people and be there again for them and, um, you know, have the ability to serve them coffee again. But not only that, we've introduced ourselves to so many more. I mean, in just this past year, all of the schools, the area moms, you know, and the local companies, we've been able to kind of reach with that, with the West location being there. Not only that, being able to completely double, triple our baking abilities. Something that I love about Zen, and I didn't really even, it didn't stick out to me until I was doing my research and going through your Instagram so thoroughly a couple (laughs) days ago, is how many times you've partnered with other local businesses or shops Mm -hmm. to feature their products alongside yours. So just just a couple that that I I found, like Good Life Charcuterie, UV's Bake Shop with their... um, like the the cookie shot glasses, uh, Ted and Wally's ice cream, and there's so many more. Was that intentional to really try and reach out to other local companies? Did those relationships just kind of pop up over time? Like, how do those relationships build, I guess? Yeah, so I think initially just starting some of the things that I loved um, – starting with Sweet Magnolia's Bake Shop when I partnered Love with that them. Place, yes. um, I admired them for so long that, I mean, I instantly like geeked out. I mean, probably that first email to them was kind of embarrassing to think about, but, you know, I was like, I love you. I want to work with you. Teach me everything you know. Um, you know, Katina's amazing just following everything that she does. Um, any opportunity that I have to support. Um, same goes with Ten Wally's. I am a big ice cream fanatic. And when I was able to do a Zen blend ice cream, I mean, I, I was so excited. I posted that everywhere. Um, you know, I, I've met a lot of people just over the time. It's funny thinking about it because we were hosting our one-year anniversary. It was Jill from Hello Ruby who reached out to me, and she was like, let me come do a pop-up. And I'm like, a what? You know, I had no idea what that was at that time, but it's something we're so known for now. Um, And I was just like, sure, yeah, you know, and just kind of learning that I could meet all of these people kind of through the um, local network, I guess. Um, It was really cool. You know, I've bonded so well. Good Life Charcuterie. Jasmine is amazing. She um, just, we kind of had the same background coming from like a counseling social work background. So we kind of bonded over that, but also just this passion for cheese and me and, you know, bread and all of these spreads and I love being able to utilize that in anything that I do um veg edible she does a lot of vegan gluten-free um you know just being able to meet people and also just know that at the same time they started where I did so it was you know just an opportunity to kind of give them an outlet to be like hey this is who I am try my product you know and that's the same um for kind of anyone I work with, you know, and it's always starts as kind of like this, Hey, I've been like obsessing over you over social media for however long. Do you want to come do a pop-up? Um, to now like watching some of these people get featured on all kinds of stuff. It's really cool just to kind of be like a stepping point, you know, for that helping the other, you know, local entrepreneurs, you know, that's just like, it's really cool to be a part of. Exactly. Um, as we wind down here, we, we've talked a lot about the past and, and where Zen has come from and, and all the additions and ways that you've grown over time, uh, you know, opening the first location, introducing the baking program, opening a second location, all this. What's the future? Like, as far as you can divulge, I'm sure yeah. that there are all kinds of plans and sure. everything, maybe some that you can say, maybe some that you can't. But when you look the next year, five years, whatever it is at the future of Zen, what, what do you see? Yeah. So, you know, we've definitely, I will say that we've looked for another location and we've gone almost to signing in multiple spots. Um, I think what it really comes down to, and I think, you know, we've talked about today is each location is very unique in the way that it is. And it fits just that certain 
vibe of who we are as people, you know, and so my future, I think everything that we are looking for, it has to kind of fit that mold. So I'm not going to say we're going to jump into a bunch of different locations. We do have a place in mind and we're hoping that that'll open in 2022. Um, but you know, what it comes down to really is just meeting everything that everyone expects when they come into Zen, you know, our, we had to kind of build that foundation. And I think, you know, it was very easy with flights taking off where we could have opened anywhere we wanted, but at the same time, it's making sure that we're solidifying that consistency that, you know, makes us who we are, um, making sure that our teams are okay and that, you know, our management team is ready to go. And, you know, it took us quite some time with our first location to get there, you know, and have that confidence. Of course, that was my first baby. But now it's like, you know, whatever and whatever we do, it's always going to follow that mission of who we are. And we're going to be very careful in what we decide because of that. Um, but we do have some great plans, you know, and we're hoping to expand that baking and be able to offer more, you know, of that training to the community. That was something we had wanted to do prior to flights kind of taking off. But, um, and it definitely got kind of thrown on that back burner. But some of those things, it's just kind of narrowing in on that niche. Um, another thing that we're hoping to do in the next year is start roasting in Omaha. So that is definitely going to be a big focus. Um, it's going to take a lot of our mind space. Um, and so kind of figuring that out, you know, we're, we're known for taking our time a little bit in that and making sure that everybody's happy. And so that's kind of what's ahead. It's just kind of slowly, but surely getting there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, the good news is even if you don't change anything, Zen is a fantastic coffee shop just as is. And it's exciting to hear about the things that you're thinking about and the ways that the company might continue to grow. So listeners, if you want a great cup of coffee, a fun place to hang out, maybe you want to go get one of those awesome scones, the, the bacon cheddar. Again, I'll recommend it. Zen is a great place to do so. Abby McClay, thank you so much for joining the show today. This conversation has just been an absolute pleasure. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right. And Omaha, as always, thanks for eating with us. A Huda Media Production.